Hi, I'm Dr. Gabrielle, and welcome to my brand new podcast. It's called The Divorced Sexologist. And I'm prouder saying I'm divorced than married because of how my marriage was. But I'm going to get into that later. First, I don't want to waste any time. I'm really excited to get into the nitty gritty of relationships. And today I'm going to be talking to you about the three C's of healthy relationships, communication, compromise, and commitment. Let's get into it. Communication. I think you have to be living under a rock if you don't know that communication is a key to relationships. Whatever relationship that you're in, I'm going to be talking mostly about romantic relationships at the moment. You have to have good, healthy communication. Did you grow up watching good, healthy communication? A lot of us didn't. A lot of us saw a lot of fighting and arguments and silent treatment and all the things not to do. And of course, in school, we're not taught what to do because we don't have a class in school called communication. So we really have to kind of learn by trial and error. Good, healthy communication can make or break a relationship. So yes, I agree that communication is one of those fundamentals of a good relationship. So much so that we can't just assume it's good and essential for a relationship. There's a lot of bad things about communicating. First of all, couples make big assumptions about the other partner. That's because if you're in love, the tendency is to assume that your partner knows you inside and out. I mean, you're soulmates. You're deeply in love with each other. They must know what you're thinking. And they make decisions and they make uh, communication styles with you based on assuming they know you. One of the things that highlighted this is the love languages. If you don't know the five love languages, Google them. Just about everybody knows about it. Every therapist uses it. If you don't understand what what each other's love languages are, you can make really wrong assumptions. So it's not that communication is just a fundamental in relationships. It's healthy communication. It's clear communication. If there's an awkward subject, a lot of people will avoid an awkward subject because they don't know how to bring it up. They don't know how to talk about it. So one of my tips for when it's awkward and you would really rather not communicate about that is talk while you walk. So instead of sitting across from each other, having to look each other in the face and look at each other's eyes and feel like you're soul gazing and making it even more awkward and you're reading each other's body language and you're getting more and more uncomfortable, go for a walk, suggest that you spend some time together. And then as you're in parallel, not having to look at each other, that's the time that you can bring up something that you feel uncomfortable about. And if you don't communicate, things get worse. I can tell you in the sexologist's office, couples come when they've hit crisis point. They didn't have to get to that crisis point if they communicated healthily and openly. So I agree, communication is key. And if it can go wrong, it can break you up. So definitely that's C number one. Okay, so our second C is compromise. This is a sticky word, compromise. When I hear the word compromise, I start getting all kinds of negative connotations. I start hearing losing myself, sacrificing something, giving up something that I really love. Compromise 
is an important part of relationships. I think we could find better words that make us feel a little less antsy and anxious about it, like negotiation or sharing or give and take, which is really what this compromise is about. The spirit underneath the word compromise doesn't just mean give and take and sharing, though. It really means that you are willing to put the relationship first above yourself at times. So I like to say that there are three working parts to any relationship. There's person A, there's person B, A and B are equal, and then there's C, the relationship itself. So some things you'll do as a gift and an extension for your partner. There are some things that you want to do for yourself and you would expect your partner to agree that that's important for you as an independent individual person. And then there are things that you both do at different times or sometimes together for the relationship itself. So for example, something that you might do for the sake of the relationship would be deciding to buy a particular type of car or house, like a big ticket item, you need to kind of maybe negotiate through what is suitable for both of you that you can both compromise on where both of your needs are met and the relationship itself will feel rock solid with it. So it might be a price range. It might be a location. It might be that you're near one person's family or the other. You have to be able to talk through that and you might not get every aspect that you want in that particular decision, but you know it's good for the relationship to make that decision. It's not necessarily that one whole person wins and one whole person loses in that, but that you're doing it because the relationship can wear that. If we make decisions that the relationship cannot bear, an example around this is often around pets. If somebody has a dog, the other person doesn't like the dog, what do we do? That's sort of a a compromise and an extension that you would do for the other person and the relationship. Because you know if you don't extend to something that means a lot that's deeply impersonal, the relationship will wear that as resentment, eventually eroding it, and it won't take it in the end. And it could be one of the reasons you end up either having the same fight over and over or eventually even breaking up. So this is one of the reasons also I don't like the word compromise because it feels like you're giving up, sacrificing, taking away. Negotiation feels like you're actually stretching, saying, I'll help you with this. I'll do that. I'll go and get this second job for the relationship so that we can be financially healthy, so that there's less stress on us and you have a more positive framework for your communication and talking about what your needs are in the relationship, each of you, as opposed to the word compromise that often can be negative, but the spirit underneath it means it's for the strength of the relationship. Okay, so the third C is commitment. Now, in a relationship, a lot of times commitment is assumed, particularly once you hit that stage where you've each said, I love you. There are different levels of commitment. You can commit to each other sexually, monogamously. You can commit to each other financially, buying property together and moving in. You can commit to each other, obviously, in a commitment ceremony or a wedding ceremony. Commitment then becomes that foundation that you base your relationship and the decisions that are healthy for you, each of you and your relationship from there. You basically are promising 
to each other. The downside of commitment is if you start to feel like it's a trap, you can't be yourself in that relationship, you feel like you've committed to a relationship you didn't know you were getting into, like a very unhealthy relationship, if you feel like you're losing yourself in a relationship and you feel like you've committed to it, you can change your mind. Commitment is not cast in stone. Commitment doesn't mean that you're set for life. In actuality, commitment has a verb. You are committing yourself to your partner every day in different ways. And you show that it's like showing your love. So it's an action that you do in your relationship and you can undo it. It, It's not something for most people that you can never get out of. So You can undo commitment if it's not working for you. But if you are in a relationship that you want to be in for the long haul, it's absolutely one of those fundamentals. The three C's of healthy relationships, communication, compromise, and commitment. I don't disagree with those. I agree with a lot of other experts out there. Those are really big keys to a relationship, but they're not the only ones. And there's a downside to each one of those. You can't just assume, tick, got all three of those, must be in a healthy relationship. Takes a lot more work, a lot more conscious effort. And this is just my first podcast. So we're going to be getting into all of those other aspects of relationships that make it work from the perspective of the divorced sexologist in future episodes. That's it for this first episode of The Divorced Sexologist. If you know someone who might enjoy it, please copy the link and share it with them. Send it as a text message, a WhatsApp message, DM them on Instagram. You might want to explain why they might enjoy it or just send it as a link. If you have a question that you'd like me to answer, click the link in the bio and I'll answer it in one of the future episodes. So there's also a way you can help me with this podcast and it's absolutely free. You can go to Apple podcast and write a written review or go to Spotify and give a star rating. That's it for the first episode of the divorced sexologist. I'm just getting warmed up. There's so much more to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, the everything. I'll see you here next time.